to the details of life. I'm your host, Marcus Wilson, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me one more time. I sincerely appreciate it. And today we have a winner who has won everywhere he's been, Coach Kevin Keats from North Carolina State Wolfpack. Coach Keats started off at Southwestern Michigan. We talked about his grind, you know, starting at the smaller level, building up, went to Hargrave and the Marshall, back to Hargrave as a head coach where he won two national prep titles, then went on to Louisville where he won a national title there, then went on to UMC Wilmington and took over a program that had multiple losing seasons in a row and then won the conference in all three of his years there and has now moved on as the head coach of North Carolina State. So if any of you guys that want to learn how to win and win immediately, I I found it fascinating of how he got such success so quickly at UNC Wilmington. And so we talked about that, obviously that national championship run at Louisville and and even now when he came to North Carolina State, they were predicted to finish 12th finished third in the ACC, and we all know the high-level quality teams in the ACC. So a lot to talk about here, a great guy. So without further ado, let's go ahead and tune in with Coach Kevin Keats. Like I just prefaced, ladies and gentlemen, today we have NC State head coach Kevin Keats. How you doing, Coach? Marcus, I'm doing good, man, and thanks for having me on. Man, I appreciate you making the time. It's big time here having you on. And I know well, a great program that you got going. And a lot of people don't know, you know, a lot of the experiences you've had. So let's kind of start back from the beginning. You know, a lot of times when when coaches make it to the mountaintop, and for me, like, I think the ACC and Big Ten are the, the elite, really, you know. And so when you get a job in that conference, like NC State, people forget that you didn't just fall there, you know, like there was a lot of grinding that took place. And so you were at South Southwestern Michigan, Hargrave and Marshall and back to Hargrave. And so what was that grind like for 15 years? You know, and what were some of the things that you learned during that time that helped prepare you for this moment? You know, Marcus, when you start naming all of those schools, you make me feel old a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, look, I, every stop that I've, um, I've had, I've learned something. You know, I, I did spend one year in Michigan um, at Southwestern Michigan um, Junior College. And I, I realized at that point that I needed to get back down south. Um, you know, I'm not a um, Midwest guy and it was pretty cold up there for me, but that experience that I got was wonderful. And then, you know, having the opportunity to go to Hargrave at two different stints, um, I think was great for me. Uh, also worked at, at Marshall um, University, which was also a great deal and I learned so much there. And then I had a chance, um, you know, obviously, as you know, to work at um, Louisville. Yeah. And uh, from Louisville, I got an unbelievable break, and I became the head coach at um, UNC Wilmington, and then certainly now I'm at NC State. I know that it sounds like it's long, but some other guys have a longer resume than me, believe it or not. No, you, you've been around a little bit, which takes me to my next uh, question about being at Louisville. I had uh, my former college teammate on, and – guy you coached with, Kareem Richardson, when he was on, he talked a lot about how detailed and how much uh, Coach Patino pushes you. You know, he thought that he had been pushed by guys like Royce Waltman and others. And he said Coach Patino was a whole nother level. So, you know, what was it like coaching up under Coach Patino? Then also, you, you won that national title that year. So how has winning that national title helped impact your career as well? Well, first of all, man, um, you know, I don't know how you play with Kareem. I've only played pickup, and he wouldn't pass me the basketball, so I stopped <laughs> playing with him. Um, but we had a we had a we had a tremendous time. Uh, you know, when you 
you know, when you get a chance to cut the nets down, that's unbelievable. So that speaks for itself. Um, as far as um, Coach Patino, you know, he drives you every day to be great. He challenges you. And um, I learned so much about preparation, um, you know, how to work hard every day. These are things that I, I knew coming in, but they were also strengthened by him and, you know, his attention to detail, those type of things, um, you know, just obviously. Uh, and what makes him so special as a Hall of Fame coach is that he allows you to coach. He doesn't put you in a box. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've taken. Um, you know, all of my assistant coaches have a piece of everything. We recruit, we scout, we develop. And um, those are things that I learned from Coach Patino. To coach under a legend like that and then to win a national title and I mean, that's just instant credibility. If I was playing for you and you won a national title, I mean, how could I not listen to what you said? Because that's the ultimate goal. So, man, I'm so, so happy to see you guys getting that experience. After that, you did go on and get, you know, your, your head coaching job at UNC Wilmington. And, man, I mean, what you did there was phenomenal. Won the, won the conference two years in a row, back-to-back -back coach of the years. But I'm always intrigued by when you take over a school, and you're able to have instant success because a lot of us who have coached, you know, a lot of people are like, man, those first couple of years, wait till I get my guys in. Right. How did you go about getting so much? How did you go about having so much success considering that they hadn't had a winning season in seven years? Then you go from that to two back-to-back -back titles. You know, what, what's some of the things that these up and coming coaches or guys getting their first job could learn from that, that, that you went through? Well, uh, Marcus, that's a great question. And, and I, I'm certainly, um, not the expert at it, but I had success. Um, I think one of the points that you made is uh, I think a lot of people, when they take over jobs, the easy thing to say is that the kids are not your kids. Well, they are. And so what we did is, um, you know, we talked to those kids who had really hadn't won in their career there. And we talked about if you come out and you win your next couple of years, uh, it would change everybody's mindset about what they thought about you. You actually will be a hero in Wilmington and, you know, all over. And so I give those guys credit my first year. Um, Marcus, we were picked uh, ninth uh, preseason. And the only reason why we wouldn't pick 10th is because they, Elon had just joined the league. And so, you know, we came in and uh, the guys bought into our system. Um, you know, we talked about getting them in great shape. We talked about playing hard. Um, you know, that was the first year I kind of mixed in a little bit of man and zone. And um, it just took off and, you know, uh, we won 18 games and, you know, we were, you know, regular season champs. And then obviously, you know, the second and third year kind of speaks for itself. You win, we ended up winning 25 games and then 29 games and went from, you know, obviously nine years before of a lot of losing season to one of the best teams in the CAA and possibly one of the best, best mid-majors in, uh, in the country. And so it's, um, it was rewarding. Um, we came in humble. Um, I hired some guys that um, hit the ground running. You know, we took a couple of transfers, obviously, in our first couple of years. But I, I go back to say this, it's the guys that you have in the program that wants to win. And so if you can come in with a system and, you know, of course, our system was a little fun for them. They never had any success and um, it just took off. Obviously it did, man. And I'm amazed by that because I know how hard it is to come in and not only win, but even before winning, just getting the buy-in from the guys. Like you said, a lot of times, the, even the play, the coaches are like, I'm waiting on my guys. And then, but the players are also thinking, man, this coach don't, that's not, he's not the one who recruited me. And so to get that type of buy-in to go, 
and win a championship is phenomenal. And so then you had another transition over to uh, NC State where you're at now. Again, picked at the bottom part of the league, picked 12th, finished tied for third. Over that summer when you were making that transition over, you know, what were some of the things that you were thinking about in terms of how are you going to compete? And were you expecting to make that big of a turnaround that quickly or, or did things just start to click that year? Well, we, Marcus, we kind of took the same blueprint and, um, you know, we added a few guys. Um, we added a couple fifth-year guys who were very important to us. Um, and then we had a, some, you know, some guys that were in the program who was coming off a tough year. And so when I took the job, I just said, hey, guys, we're going to work extremely hard. We're going to all work everybody. Um, you know, I kind of used the picking 12 as a motivation. Um, and, and, you know, as coaches, we have egos. And so one thing I said to, that, to myself is, look, if we, I've never had a team finish 12. And so I don't want that to happen now. And so I got back and, um, you know, we just went in the gym and we worked and some guys actually bought in. And, you know, we're fortunate, you know, because we've started, and I say we because I talk about my staff and the players, you know, our first three years um, here, we won 20 games. Uh, we're the first, we're one of seven staffs um, ever um, to in the ACC to start off with 20 wins. And we're proud of it because we work so hard. Um, and we're not, you know, Marcus, I will tell you this, we're, you know, we're a developing program. Um, I wanted to come in and, and put my culture in, and that's not talking about anybody else's culture. I think when you talk about culture, people get so uh, tied into you talking about somebody else. Right. Every coach has a culture that they want to develop. And for us, you know, my culture is, you know, guys, I want them to, you know, be extremely uh, locked in academically. I want them to be great ambassadors around the school and in the community. And then you, you have to just compete hard. You got to play hard. If you don't play hard, um, you can't play for me. You can be the most talented guy in the world, but I just love for you to play hard. So I, I give um, all of the kids that in the last three years a lot of credit and my staff for stepping in and being a really good staff. And it's paid off for a couple of those guys. Two of the guys have, um, you know, since then became head coaches. A.W. Hamilton is at Eastern Kentucky. And Takeo Siddle, um, who has been with me for at least six years, is now the new coach at UNC Wilmington. So uh, our fan base, um, Marcus, uh, helped. Uh, tremendous fan base. Uh, we got great support. And it's just, this is a great job and a great place. It is a great job, man. There's so much talent right there in that North Carolina area, but it's also a lot of competition right there. I'm not going to name any of your competitors, but everybody knows all the people and the schools that are right there. So to be able to attract the talent and to have that much success early on speaks a lot to a lot to you, man. I, I wish that I could somehow, I'm not formulating the question right. I want to figure out what it is that you do that first year to get kids to buy in because if if people if it was simple, then every time a coach came over, they would have the success you had. So you got some up your sleeve, man. I, and yeah. I, I don't I don't blame you for not sharing it all. No, I got a I got a I have a little cheat sheet, and my cheat sheet is I'm used to building rosters. Um, you know, I, I at Hargrave, I was there for ten years as a head coach, to as assistant, and Marcus, we didn't return any guys. So every year we would turn over rosters. Um, you know, all of those guys were ended up going to Division One schools. And right. so for me, a lot of coaches will freak out with um, the landscape of college basketball with guys transferring. You know, for me, I'm used to putting in the system with new guys all the time. 
And so that is, that's kind of helped me in my first couple of years. And, um, you know, we just, look, there is no substitution for playing hard. You know, just because you might not be the most talented team, you may be the most prepared and talented team together. I mean, hardworking team. And so we try to be the most prepared and we try to all work everybody, even if our talent is not as good as some of the schools we played against. Yeah, you're right about that. When I, when I did coach, that was one of my philosophies is just, just out-compete the next person. Because when you out-compete the, the next person, you, you tend to get more calls from the refs because you're the aggressor. You get the 50-50 balls. When you get the 50-50 balls, you get more points in transition and things yeah. just start clicking, man. So Absolutely. you're right. There is no substitute for that. Going in, Looking into next season, Coach, I'm sure you have high expectations, but what, what are some of your thoughts on next season? Do you have any guys that are transferring in or who are sitting out or any guys who are on your roster that you expect to have breakout years? What can we look forward to uh, next year? Well, we've got a – Marcus, we got a mixture. i got five babies, five freshmen that's going into uh, a heck of a league. And it's tough as a freshman um, – it's going to be a little tough because I've got to bring them along a lot quicker because normally we would have eight weeks um, to work with those guys. But because of the coronavirus, things have been stalled a little bit. But I do have some guys, Devin Daniels, who is our um, leading returning guard coming back, um, had a great year last year, averaged almost 13 points a game. He's a senior, has a chance to be really good. I have another young man, Manny Bates, who was a redshirt freshman last year who led the ACC in shot blocks. Um, and that's pretty doggone good. And then, um, you know, we have one young man who is still in the, um, you know, uh, testing the waters, DJ Funderburg, who's 6'10 and can play a little bit four and five. Um, he's got experience at both of those positions. I've got a, a junior in Jericho uh, Hellams, uh, who is from St. Louis, who's going to be a really good basketball player. I like him. And then uh, I've got a shooter from Kentucky who can play one and two. His name is Braxton Beverly, and he's a veteran. And then, you had, you know, I had a sit out last year and Thomas um, Allen and a few other guys. And uh, I think we got a chance to be really good. But the toughest thing that we're going to have to develop and we're going to have to develop it real quick is our chemistry. Yeah. People want to get to the highest levels. But when you get to the highest levels, you got a lot of guys that have used, they're used to being the man. Right. And then you got to figure out they got to figure out who, who fits in certain roles moving forward. So. But obviously, you've had a lot of experience doing that. And I do want to give a shout out to Jericho. You know, I'm, I'm here in St. Yeah. Louis and yeah, uh, you know, he played for Grab Yeah, he's a good player, man. I think he's going to have I do think he's going to have a, a great year. And shout out to Brad Bill Elite. Shout out to uh, yeah. Frank, Frank, Frank Bennett over at Chaminade. They've been producing some Frank, talent. Frank's done a good job. Bradley Bill's done an unbelievable job. You, you think about the players that's come out of that program. Um, you know, he was a kid that was playing some of the best basketball uh, for us early in the year. And then Unfortunately, he took a pretty nasty fall at Wake Forest, and it took him a little bit of time to get back going. But um, he's, he's what you want in a junior coming up because he made a big jump from his freshman to sophomore year, and we're hoping he can make a jump from the sophomore to junior year. No, I think he will. I think he will, man. So last thing I will say is uh, I always ask this. It's called the details of life. So try to – get the details of what makes people successful. And obviously you've had a lot of success throughout your career. So are there any things that you do, any daily habits or routines or kind of self mantras that, that you, that you do that you think has contributed to your level of success? Well, I, I try to challenge myself every day. Um, I try to be better today than I was yesterday. Um, when I go into a season, Marcus, I almost try to act like I just got hired with the job, you know, like I just got hired because I think, um, you know, you have to come in with an open mindset. 
you have to leave the past in the past. So a lot of times as coaches, we're so mad about what happened in the last three or four games and of last year. And, you know, we need to get over that. So with me, I always try to get myself and my coaches to have an open mind uh, and act as though you just got hired. You think about guys who just take jobs, the energy is off the chain. And so I want the same energy level that I had year one. Um, I want to be passionate. I'm a student of the game, you know, because I've had so much time, you know, where I could be in the office. You know, I've watched all the most, all of our games and, you know, talking to my video guys, figuring out how we can add this and we can take away this and how we can be good. And I think that's what makes you special. Uh, and, you know, you cannot stop working. If you stop working, somebody else is going to outwork you. And I don't want that to ever happen for me. Definitely. I know you may not have seen a lot of my episodes in the past, but I, I tell you this, almost every coach, there's two common denominators. When I ask them this, they say working out and just trying to get better each day. It's, it's amazing how many head coaches do those two things and they contribute to that. You know, a lot of people say something about their faith or whatnot, but those two seem to stand out, man. So I, yeah, Marcus, I, I, I don't, I don't sleep very well. So uh, may, I may text you one morning at four o'clock. Don't take it personal. I'm just up. <laughs> I typically get up, man, at four or five or uh, six or seven, somewhere in that area. And you either get on a Peloton or get outside and ride my bike or take a long walk. And I've been doing that every day. And, um, it's been therapeutic to me. Yeah, that's what they say, Max. I know you guys carry a lot of weight on your shoulders. And so getting your day off to a good start, getting a clear mind uh, through a workout helps, man. And before I close out, I will say this, you know, obviously with the, what's going on in America right now, we're talking about social equity and social justice. I just want to give a shout out to you, coach, because as we're talking about equity, you being a black coach and all the experience, all the success you've had, man, don't ever forget all the things you're doing to open up doors for others because people say, hey, we hired Coach Keats at NC Wilmington and hired him at NC State. Look at the success he's had. So I'm rooting for you, brother, man. I'm, I'm really proud of you, and thank you for leading the way and being a trailblazer. Yeah, uh, Marcus, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I want to be successful where I'm at so it gives somebody else another opportunity to be that way. And I appreciate you saying that. And also, man, thanks for having me on. No problem, man. You're, you're welcome anytime, and I appreciate it. And good luck to you next season, and we'll be in touch with you soon, Coach. Sounds good. Thanks, Marcus. All right, my man. Thank you, Coach Keys, for coming on and making the time. You're welcome back anytime, and like we said, good luck to you next season, and we'll be following. Moving forward, ladies and gentlemen, again, we have something new next week. Next week, we're going to bring on our first D2 head coach. You know, we're not going to leave out the little guys. D2 those guys play some really good ball as well. And this is another friend of mine that I've been knowing over 25 years. Stan Girard, head coach of the University of Southern Indiana. When I got to Evansville, this dude was the man. I mean, they had they won the national title in 1995. His name was nickname was Superman Stan, and, and justifiably so. He was National Player of the Year. They won the national title. And he's been at University of Indianapolis for the last several years. Also had some stops in Indiana State and some other places. But spent a long time, I think 12 years, at University of Indianapolis. And they now finally brought him home as the head coach of Southern Indiana. The whole city of Evansville is excited about it. It's a good thing that he's back home at USI. So we're looking forward to joining Stan next week. So make sure you guys tune in with that. So like I said, guys, we're always bringing in guys from different levels head coaches, different conferences, D2 coaches, everywhere, because they all know the game. They can all give you some details on how to be successful because you know what? That's right. Greatness is in the details, guys. Make sure you continue to watch, subscribe, and share. Please keep supporting. Please keep coming back, telling other people about what we're doing. 
having a blast here. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. See you. Peace. <laughs>